Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next at Microsoft podcast, a series of conversations about technology, innovation, and the future of Microsoft. Today, we're going to be discussing the world of wearables with two guests from Microsoft, Desni Tan and Amish Patel. Desni Tan is a principal researcher at Microsoft Research, where he manages the medical devices group. In 2007, Desni was honored as one of MIT Technology Review's Young Innovators Under 35 for his work on brain-computer interfaces, and he was named one of Sci-Fi Channel's Young Visionaries at TED 2009. Desni Tan, welcome to the Next at Microsoft podcast. Thanks, David. Amish Patel is the Director of Experiences and Design for the Personal Devices Group at Microsoft. He leads the Experience Engineering Team, which creates the product experience for the Microsoft Band and Microsoft Health Platform. Previously, Amish worked on the interaction design for products like Connect, Xbox One, and Windows 8. Amish, welcome to the Next at Microsoft podcast. Thanks for having me. So, Gentlemen, we like to begin each episode discussing breaking in stories, how you got to where you are today, the path that led you here, how you broke into the industry. Desney, why don't we start with you? Sure. So uh, I had a, a pretty fun path. Um, I started off as an aerospace engineer. Uh, like every kid, I wanted to build rocket ships. Um, very quickly decided that wasn't for me. Um, it wasn't sort of as glamorous or as, as interesting as I thought it was going to be. Um, went through a series of, of different... Um, domains, ended up with a computer engineering degree, um, doing autonomous path planning for robotics. Um, went to grad school, um, sort of took a little bit of a left turn again, uh, ended up working in virtual and augmented reality. And what I was really in search for, uh, which I found here at Microsoft, was a means by which we could take technology um, and make it useful to the masses. Um, and so with each step of the way, I got closer and closer. And when I got to Microsoft, um, I, sort of, I kicked off an agenda around wearable computing um, and computing that was much more personal to the human being. Very cool. How about you, Amish? I guess my story is uh, a little more straightforward or a little more typical, but uh, uh, born and raised Canadian out of uh, Toronto. So I went to school there at the University of Toronto, um, a big school focused on human-computer interaction, and computer science. This was the program I came out of. Uh, coming out of college, I kind of came straight to Microsoft as an intern and then came back uh, and still here. Uh, found my way moving through different groups. Um, I guess I've been really lucky and unique at Microsoft uh, to work on many projects over the last couple of years, from the Surface Table to Windows to Connect, um, and everything from the software engineering aspect of the world also to design and interaction design. Uh, Desney, can you explain what whole body computing is? Because that's what you work on, right? And why that field of research is so important. Sure. So um, the notion of whole body computing is founded on the the observation that the body is an amazingly prolific signal generator. As we go about our everyday tasks, as we do um, all the things we do in the real world, the body, as a as a you know modeled as a machine, is putting out all sorts of signals. Um, whole body machine uh, computing then is sort of predicated on the fact that we can take those signals and using technologies, we can measure them or digitize them, um, at which point we can bring all the tools we have to bear as computer scientists to analyze them um, and, in fact, to then deliver interesting values and capabilities to, to the user. Uh, Amish, what inspires your team to build what you guys build? It's a, it's a great question. Um, it actually fits really well with with 
Desney's talking about, right? I think we we kind of take the handoff of what he's analyzing from this signal that is the the human being, and we want to deliver experiences that amplify uh, the human experience from productivity to fitness to health or the, you know the landscape's kind of endless to where the human goes, right? And we can, for the first time, um, understand what the context of a human really is um, and amplify that using technology. Okay, so let's talk through an example. Like, uh, my body, according to you, is putting out tons of signals right now, right? What are ways that that would be useful to me to measure those things? There's lots of different ways to look at this, right? And the simplest solution that I, I personally love, which is it takes a lot of technology to do something really simple. Like, I know that you are standing right now. And that means something from, let's say, a notification from Outlook to say, hey, he's standing and he seems busy right now. Don't send it, right? Mm. Or um, you're sitting and I also know that you're in a meeting and that your heart rate is at a certain stress level. Maybe I don't want to bombard you with those important flagged emails at this time, right? Mm. These examples are really driven from the fact that for the first time using wearables and sensors and full-body computing, we can understand the human context, literally the physical context. You're running, you're walking, you're sleeping. You know, I know you're taking a nap or you dozed off. Um, the services that we use to notify you or connect you um, are now smarter because of it. For the first time, I think our, our smart systems right, have the notion of like what is the person actually doing right now. So we're, we're starting to see uh, computing be more smart and be context-aware. Exactly. Essentially. That's great. I think at the high level, you'll see this running through a lot of the work that Microsoft is doing these days. Right? It's, it's simply ridiculous that we've treated the user as a ne nearly rectangular black box, um, and the computer just kind of spitting, spitting stuff as, at us as if we're all the same and we're all the same all the time. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a really important point that a lot of the work we do is applying the intelligence and analytics and, and real-world sensing um, into understanding that context and the user or the consumer of, of this digital data such that our computing platforms um, can really be smarter about the way they interact with us. So Amish, you work for the personal devices group at Microsoft, and you guys recently launched a product, right? Oh, we did. What was it? It's the, the Microsoft Band, as well as the Microsoft Health uh, like service and apps. And what is that product, just so in case people haven't heard of it? Kind of categorize how we look at it as a, a productivity and a health fitness uh, tracker. Uh, and then what comes with that is a, a set of apps across all platforms, iOS through Windows, and, uh, and a, a health cloud, with a, including Health Vault, that allows you to store your, your health records. It's about enabling you to stay connected while keeping your phone in your purse or your pocket and getting the information you need um, using glanceable information like notifications or calendar invites. And we really amplify the, the essence for us around being more, and that's about giving um, people the ability to understand more about themselves through tracking their heart rate or tracking a run and seeing real-time pace information or doing a guided workout in the gym where they no longer have to take clipboards with them. And so we really have launched this product that we think is the beginning of our do more, be more roadmap when it comes to health and wearables. So how did that idea come about? Were you there at the inception and uh, how did that develop over time? So um, yes, I was there at the beginning. There's a small group of people who are trying to come up with a concept for how do we take and enhance the human experience. 
And we actually learned a lot from Connect. So Connect was the first system we ever built that understood the human form and could do really interesting things, right? Exercise, fitness, gaming. But we kind of wanted to explore how do you take that outside of the living room? How do you take that idea of machine learning and understanding human context to the world? And from that, the idea of, well, what if we could put it on something you could wear was born. And as we kind of learned more and more about understanding what Desney's team was doing around how can you actually capture what the human's doing or what the body's doing um, without a camera, for instance, using biometric sensors and heart rate and, and accelerometers and you know other motion sensors, the idea was really born at this concept of how can we even bring those experiences like Connect outside of the world. That was kind of the seed that started the idea of we need to figure out how to make a wearable to be smart and understand people in whatever context they're in. That's right. So, I mean, if you look at the the evolution of technology, if you will, we started at these massive rooms, these server rooms um, with punch cards and what have you. We sort of went to workstations, we went to PCs, we went to laptops and, and tablets, we went to phones. Um, the very next logical step was to get even more personal than that, um, to get closer to the person. And really, you know, the, the, the mission as, as we see it um, collectively is is to take technology and make it more accessible, uh, more of the time and place and to more people, um, and really to do more interesting things. Um, and so if you look at it from that perspective, it was a fairly, you know, it was a, it was a big leap, but a fairly natural evolution of the things that we as a company have done over the course of a, a long number of years. As you guys were developing the product uh, and the technology behind it, what are some things that surprised you or really significant obstacles that you encountered? Desney, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, technology development and deployment of any form uh, is a full contact sport. Um, (laughs) um, You know, there was a lot of back and forth with respect to what technology could do and what we needed it to do, uh, which are not always one and the same. Um, I'd say... For me, the most surprising and maybe enlightening more than surprising things um, were twofold. Um, the first of all was the recognition and realization of the variance in human body and being. Um, you know, with respect to the body, we, we, we're, you know, the band is a device that goes on the wrist. Um, and it's amazing the variance in even you know, something as simple as wrist sizes. Right. So, so that itself is, is a large challenge. Um, what that pointed to, though, aside from the mechanical challenges, was the opportunity that lies in not treating all of us the same. Um, and so as you get into the health, um, the health scenarios of fitness, wellness, and, 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 and such, um, we very quickly realized that it's silly that we've been treating everyone as the same thing, right? Burning 2,000 calories a day as, as a threshold, taking 10,000 steps. Um, my legs are a different length than Amish's legs. Uh, my metabolism you know, operates at a different speed than, than Amish's. Um, and so these devices really give us a chance to precisely and you know, personalize the kinds of, of behaviors and, and recommendations that we make. You know, you do a lot of user testings or, you know, uh, research around your consumer base, and especially in this space where it's it's fairly new to have a, a smart health solution for people. And you ask them, what are you willing to commit? You know, oh, I want to be more active every day. I want to <laughs> run 100 miles. I want to run a marathon, right? And you say, okay, what if I built an experience that could help you every day do that thing? And they'd say, great, I'd love it, right? 
But what happens is, you know, three days later, life happens, right? <laughs> and guess what? I have to work a lot. I got to take my kids here. I just can't find the time to do it. And you quickly learn that the psychology of aspiration, right? The January effect of fitness, right? right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get there out there. And how you actually build a service, that, to Desney's point, works for everybody on the face of the planet. And they all have different psychologies. And create experiences that are small enough and achievable enough that people will commit to. What was uh, something that was surprising to you, uh, Amish, about developing Microsoft Band and health? Yeah, we've built products to date that is one size fits all or two size fits all. And we teach people to use those things, a phone of certain size, an interface of certain you know, characteristics, and say, you will learn how to use this within this box. The humans form, and what they do every day is completely dynamic, right? Every person does everything differently every day. And there's some commonality around, okay, well, maybe you all lay down when you sleep. Um, outside of that, trying to build a product, both hardware and software around that has been and continues to be an interesting challenge. But we wanted to quantify the human. We wanted to have heart rate and we wanted to have skin temperature and we wanted a bunch of signals that we needed to get from the body. And to do that, we needed to have um, a certain amount of contact with the skin. And we quickly learned that the, the circumference of your wrist is actually not the most important thing. So all the research we had, you know, halfway through development was about watches, not about bands that could sense biometrics. And we learned that the thickness of a wrist actually has a proportional ratio to the width, which we could find nowhere in the world from a research perspective, which completely changed the way we started designing our device and our devices in the future. And this is just year one of a multi-year journey of the human form is not as predictable as the spreadsheets we got the information on on them was. Yeah. Um, and I think you have spoken before about the concept of uh, technology helping us become super versions of ourselves. Uh, what is that? I mean, is that just what it sounds like? We're just better at everything that we do? We're already superhumans. Um, I got up this morning and I stuck contact lenses in my eyes. They're not digital technologies, but I can't see without them. You know, I stuck my phone in my pocket because I, you know, my half of my memory, you know, the fact that I'm here today it is a function of my phone buzzing 15 minutes before I had to be here telling me, hey, leave the office now. Um, you know, I, I, I get into the office, I sit down at my desk. Um, if the internet's down, I go home because I'm, I'm nearly worthless as a human being at work without <laughs> the internet. Um, and so we've, we've had a long history of, of, you know, adding superhuman powers to ourselves. And I think that this next step is really... You know, about getting it more precise, about but getting it more available, about getting it more personal um, than we've ever had before, and it's 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 a super exciting uh, um, you know proposition. Let's talk a little bit more about the future. I mean, you guys have already started hinting at you know what you see as a direction things are going in. Uh, if you expand out your vision, you know, five ten years, uh, where would you ideally like things to be? Let's start with Disney. Um, sure. So, so first of all, I think um, the notion of computers have to go away, um, or at least the, the perception of computers have to go away. Today, we have our PCs, we have our tablets, you know, we have our phones, we have our, our wearable devices, and we think of each of these as a computer. Um, I think in the next five to ten years, it's upon us to make computers go away and to have people think about computing and in fact, more so than that, people think about the tasks that they're trying to do in the real world. Um, computing and computers have to fade into the background. We're, we're, we've got this amazingly complex ecosystem of, of things that we have to manage today. 
Um, and I think, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a big challenge and an opportunity for us to really get past that. Um, beyond that, I think, you know, the theme that we've, we've sort of already talked about um, is one of, of massive personalization um, and massive understanding on the part of our computing platforms um, of who we are, what we're doing, and what we're trying to do. Um, and, and in doing so, I think, you know, our computing ecosystems will be able to assist us in some cases, even just take those tasks off our hands when appropriate, um, in order to make us not only more effective in the real world, but but really happier. Um, and that's going to be a big theme as well. Um, the shift from computing as pure productivity implements um, to computing as as you know aids to make our lives more full. How about you, Amish? What do you see as the future? There's two things I'd love to see in the near future. One. The day I walk into my practitioner's office, the conversation's not the conversation it is today of, hey, I feel bad. Can you hook me up to some stuff and tell me what's going on? Let me run through some tests, go see X person, Y, Z. It should be, hey, here's my profile. Go look at what's been happening to me. And it should be already kind of pre-understood that there's some things going on. And two was the fact that as a person who doesn't visit the doctor, who doesn't practically go because either, you know, I just don't want to know or something like that, that the service should tell my doctor, hey, something's going on with the last, you know, month of Amish's life. Here's some signals. His heart rate's been irregular. He's running really slow and he's sleeping really badly. I think you should go talk to him, right? And I feel like those are huge disruptors into yeah. the way just health in general and wellness is conducted. And I'm I'm hopeful that before 2020, that's the case, right? That's kind of my my vision of yep. where I want to see the future. Right. I mean, uh, the way we engage with healthcare today may be considered barbaric by future generations in the sense that we essentially wait until things go wrong, you know, before we go in. It is barbaric, <laughs> the way we do things today. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the core term is we, since the beginning of medicine, we've been reactionary, right? For the most part. We have better tools now that help us look forward, but after something takes place, a reaction to an action, we need to be in the proactive space, right? Mm -hmm. And tools like the band and the sensors and technology Disney works on completely allow us to do that in the background so that we can be proactive. Gentlemen, we like to end each week with a recommendation from each of our guests, a uh, book, a movie, website, <laughs> TV show that you find engaging or interesting. Uh, so any recommendations you have for our listeners today? Desney, how about you? Let's see. I, you know, off the bat, I'd say Star Trek, but that's that's kind of cliche. Um, you know, we, we've sort of realized a lot of the technologies from there already. Well, um, we, are you an original series man? Or are oh, you, of course, uh, of course. Next generation. Um, are you a fan of the J.J. Abrams films? Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> you know, all of it. <laughs> all, all of it. it. The, the, the totality the, of the, the Star Trek. The vision's amazing. Over. You know, I, I could say you know the other the other book I'd point at or the book I'd point at is probably Eric Topol's The Creative Destruction of Medicine. Where he really lays out, you know, sort of the vision that Amish is painting here, of you know the combination of sensors and analytics and and all the the technologies we have to bear, really changing the 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 face of of healthcare. Um, but maybe the one that I'll point at now, I'm cheating a little bit and, and dancing around a couple of these. Um, I, I recently went back and read the Harry Potter series again and rewatched the movies. Um, and I think as technologists, we always need. You know the sci-fi, the visionary, the 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 aspirational, um, um, you know, visions to to sort of pursue. 
And Harry Potter is an interesting one. It's sort of you know painted in the in, in the magical realm, but really you've got newspapers that are dynamically updating. You've got maps that are tracking people. Um, you know, you've got spells that are wiping people's memories out, uh, which you know we're doing medically as well. Um, you've got regenerating limbs. Um, it really brings us back into that childlike um, imaginary state, which you know is wonderful for building out visions. Um, and then when you put the adult parts of us, you know, the the, the, the technologists back in us, um, we can really take that and go realize that. So our goal at Microsoft is to enable all the technologies you see in Harry Potter. W- wouldn't much. that be great? It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Amish? Any recommendations for our listeners? Uh, just just finished a book, uh, Creativity Inc. Uh, Ad Catmull. Uh, it tells a story about. Uh, it tells a lot of stories actually, but it's about the founding of Pixar and. The, the road of interesting uh, ups and downs that they went to from the invention of computer graphics to building Toy Story. Mm-hmm. But really at its heart is how do you keep the essence of what you believe in about the team? How do you um, not kind of give up on the creative aspirations you have when coming into business? So I find mm-hmm. it really interesting as we try to build these new devices and platforms, how you keep the essence core and deliver it moving forward. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Amish Patel is the Director of Experiences and Design for the Personal Devices Group at Microsoft. Amish, thanks for being with us on the Next on Microsoft podcast. It was great. Thank you. Desney Tan is a Principal Researcher at Microsoft Research, where he manages the Medical Devices Group. Desney, thanks for joining us today. Fun chat. Thanks. You can find all the episodes of this podcast at microsoft.com slash next. And to keep up with all the innovation at Microsoft, go to blogs.microsoft.com slash next. You can also email us with feedback for the podcast at next at microsoft.com. That's the word next, the at symbol, and then microsoft.com. This podcast was hosted and produced by me, David Chen, executive produced by Steve Clayton, Richard Eckel, and Jennifer Henshaw. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you guys later. Listener.